BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Rams fans, welcome into Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. Tonight's all hope is gone. We talk about the Rams being at one and two, plus the Rams hit the road again this week. We preview Rams at Colts and later Van Quesos. It's a thing. You got questions, I've got answers. We post on uh, the Rams Showcase social media pages the day of uh, recording, which is Wednesdays. And uh, there, you can drop a question and I will answer it on the back end of the show. So before we get into the action here at Ram Showcase at Sheriff Joe Bags, that's where you can follow on socials. That's Instagram, that's X, that is Facebook, wherever uh, you happen to be. Also, RamShowcase.com, that is where you're going to find the latest surrounding the show, uh, your Rams and myself as well. And also, where you're going to snag your Ram Showcase t-shirts. They are absolutely awesome. Uh, that make you look super, super cool. It's just under that merch tab, RamShowcase.com. So... Let's go ahead and dive into the action here. So first, I want to talk about, uh, so we we normally do Ram Showcase Live. That is every Monday uh, on uh, the Ram Showcase YouTube channel, as well as the Facebook page. Uh, but uh, of course, we had a Monday night game uh, this week, so we actually didn't uh, talk about the game on Ram Showcase Live. It was a, kind of a lead up into the game. So just wanted to kind of go over this uh, Rams and Bengals game uh, kind of just briefly here and uh, kind of talk about where we're sitting at right now as a Los Angeles Rams team and fan base. So, of course, the Rams did fall to the Cincinnati Bengals. That score was 19-16. to 16. It was tied at 6 at uh, halftime. So, of course, uh, the second half, uh, just a whole different vibe in the second half. The Rams' defense uh, kind of it felt like they, they really loosened up in the second half. More, uh, more I think, closer to that Raheem Morris-style defense that we might have um, kind of grown accustomed to seeing uh, the, over the last few years, just kind of soft. And uh, it was another one of those situations where you see um, like guys just being, you know, uh, too far off on like third and short situations. And obviously that's not what you want to see. But obviously there was a lot of things that went wrong for the Rams. And it all kind of felt like it was our fault. <laughs> it didn't feel like it was it was forced errors on the Bengals part. So that's really unfortunate. Like I said, 16 to 19 is the final score was the final score in this game. 
And uh, like I said, Rams just, it really feels like they just beat themselves in this game and not necessarily the players, but the coaches as well. Uh, mainly the coaches, I would say. So only 10 rush attempts for Kyron Williams. That obviously is not a recipe to win, especially when you're going against a team who is known for not having the strongest run defense. We talked about that last week in our game preview. Also, not helping out Zach Thomas. Uh, that felt like such an amateur move. Left tackle goes down, A.J. Jackson. Zach Thomas comes in and didn't even help him. We'll kind of talk about that here more in a moment, uh, but I, I was very disappointed to see uh, Zach Thomas uh, just kind of get left out on his own there. And I realize that you should be able to do it. If, if you're a backup, uh, you, that the reason that you are a backup is uh, if, the, if the number one guy goes down, you should be able to come into that role and have no drop-off. But obviously, you were a backup, and that guy was a starter for a reason, so obviously there is some sort of drop-off from your, your starters to your backups. But then to not even help the dude, I mean, that was where, uh, where I think the, the real downfall was, especially in the second half. Once A.J. Jackson did go down, Thomas just was not able to, uh, to kind of do it on his own and uh, didn't get help, which I'm still surprised at here. So uh, we had some unfortunate bounces again. Uh, that is something that is going to happen. Um, I, I mean, it kind of, it, it'll, it'll happen for you. It'll happen against you right now. We're in a little bit of a stretch where those bounces just seem to not be going our way. And there was also some calls that felt like they should have gone the other way, but also we don't need to play the ref blame game here. Bad calls go for and against every single team. Uh, just an unfortunate part of it. Uh, we know that as, as, as well as anybody, all right? You get a, get a Rams fan and a Saints fan together, and let's talk about refs. And, uh, I mean, the Saints fans got a pretty good argument. So, uh, obviously, we can look at the 2-2 the, the play where I really thought that he was inbounds, I'll be honest. Um, I don't feel like that's my Rams bias uh, stepping in on this. Uh, I just I just did. I felt like he was he was in, and uh, it's unfortunate to see that. And then also on that interception, looked like it hit the ground to me with, with no control. Hey, what the heck do I know? I'm just a dude who is uh, talking about the Rams in his living room right now. So uh, just unfortunate to see those kind of calls happen. And then obviously you got like the little tiny things as well, like uh, on that last... Um, that that last pass to to Puka uh, near the end zone at the end, it kind of, it, I'm I'm still kind of surprised. Even watching it over again is like, how is that not a touch? Get up, dude! <laughs> like the pass was a little bit weird, and then uh, Puka just uh, not getting it in there. It's just a, a bunch of unfortunate things uh, ended up happening in this one. Uh, but this game, I'll say this: it did not crush my confidence. Uh, I know that it has. If you are on the internet, uh, the the internet has no more trust. Rams fans are out. They're uh, they're like, okay, well, you know, Caleb Williams, uh, back to it after that week one win uh, that uh, everybody kind of chilled out on the whole tank talk and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we're back. We're back to it. Uh, rearing. We're, we're going hard at it right now. So, uh, but like I said, it didn't really crush my spirits. Uh, didn't crush my confidence in this game. Yeah, it was a bad game. Subpar game plan. But after two games, we felt like we were in a position to be awesome this year. And it's still only we're going into week four and. There's plenty of time to adjust, and we know, we know, we knew going into the season that we're going to have some games like that, that we're going to be up and down, uh, that's just going to be the way it is. So with a young team like this, that's just how it goes. You're going to have some growing pains here. My only concern is that we didn't think that it would be the coaching staff. We thought that that was going to be the strong part. We thought it was going to be young rookies or young guys making some mistakes. So talked about it, though, entering the year, uh, that, uh, that we're going to see some games that we would like that we should probably win but we lose 
and in games that we should probably win or lose, but we win. You know what I mean? So it, it's just going to go back and forth like that. And it, this just happened to be one of those games. But it does beg the question, what the heck is going on with Sean McVay? That was such a terrible game plan. And I don't feel like I'm being uh, too over the top or absurd when I say that. But the game plan, what the heck was that? It, it's, it's hard to explain. And, and I will, I, I have Sean McVay's back on so many different set, like situations and in, in different scenarios. Uh, like somebody sent me a message on Twitter uh, pretty quickly after the game. It was like, see, I told you we were going to be terrible. And Sean McVay is not a good coach. And I uh, just blocked that person. But after saying some choice words, hell yeah, I said some choice words. Hell, you don't come to me and talk trash about the Rams. That's like, <laughs> you're a Rams fan. What are you doing over here? Anyway, none of that's important. But uh, like the, the whole Sean McVay thing here is I, I defend this dude all the time. All right. I've got Sean McVay's back. I absolutely love this guy. I'm stoked he's our coach. And still am. But what the heck was that game plan? We had, it felt like zero plan out there. But it's odd how sometimes we can have that conversation about how Sean McVay is the best coach this team has ever had. Best head coach in Rams franchise history. And that can also be followed by a week where media and fans alike agree that um, he's the reason we lost. You know, so that's that's a pretty dramatic shift in just seven days seven business day, or five business days that we just can, can can completely flip the script on our own head coach. And again, we saw this from McVay that he seems to be anti-run for some reason. We saw uh, some decisions that confused all of us. And considering the first two weeks, we were such an aggressive team. This Rams team was flying all over the place. We were aggressive. We were getting after it. And it seemed like the offensive game plan was solid too. We had Puka kind of breaking out 2-2 all of a sudden is a good receiver we can spare our our rb1 entering the year go ahead and ship him off and get him out of here because we're good we're good on that angle but then then we get this game so we saw zach thomas like i had mentioned he had absolutely wrecked a left tackle and had no help even steve avila who is him and jackson on the left side i was saying it was it last week left side strong side and now uh, Avila, as soon as the, the ball snapped, he's looking towards the right, trying to help out Coleman, which, I mean, obviously you need to protect those gaps and stuff like that, but you can't just leave Zach Thomas on his own over there, dude. This guy's not a starter. There's a reason that he's a backup on the, on, on the field. So it just that was surprising to me, considering how much we've seen them kind of block people together, A.J. Jackson and Steve Avila, I mean. Uh, but also, we didn't even help him out. Didn't even throw a tight end over there. Didn't even get, give a Higby over there to give just a little shoulder to somebody and then run his route. We no, no running back help on that side. Just a one-on-one. One-on-one with very good players. We had, we just, Zach Thomas, like, hey, you got this, man. Go ahead. Can we help the dude? Especially once he's given up sacks. Like, that's, that's the point when it's like, all right, what are we doing over here? So, which is it? Who is Sean McVay? That's the question that we all got to ask here. Who the heck is Sean McVay? Because at this point, I don't even know if we know going into any given game if we're going to get uh, a Sean McVay that just is, seems like he's just, he's that's so ravening the defense and he just knows exactly what's about to happen out here. Or if we're just going to see, you know, him just not give our running back, who's now RB1, just the, the football at all. Like he basically does not even give it to him against a team who struggles with that. That's where the, uh, the, the questions come in here. But it seems like every once in a while, McVeigh is such a good coach that he outcoaches even himself. 
And that is next level stuff. All right. So in a three point game, the Rams under McVay obviously had opportunities to win. Uh, but it seems like it wasn't going to happen, uh, especially through the fourth quarter. It just felt like it was not going to happen. It just the whole vibe of the team. It just even though it was close and it was reasonable to to kind of take that lead in that game, it just didn't really feel like it was going to happen. Now, it just didn't really feel like we were like we were in range of scoring and potentially winning that game. But it, it the the feeling of it. And I don't even know if that makes any sense, but the feeling of the game did not feel like the Rams were going to be able to punch it in there. Uh, so the Rams are outscoring their opponents right now, 69 to 62, but are one and two. So yes, that game against the Seahawks, yeah, it's still standing pretty strong right now. Big road win, and the Rams, like I said, have outscored their opponents, but are sitting at one and two right now. I'm a big McVay fan, and I am not looking forward to getting a new coach in here because the chances that we go from one guy who is you know, taking this team to two Super Bowls. He's getting a statue at his old college. It, to to go from him to another guy that's going to be, you know, chasing rings and, and building up championship rosters, it, it's slim. It's, it's so slim to be able to do that. We even see this with kickers right now, that it's so hard for us to just go from kicker to kicker who's decent. So what makes us think that we're going to be able to do with head coach? And that's why I'm I'm kind of confused at the people who are like we got to get rid of McVay yes he has these games these do happen but let's let's kind of pump the brakes here a little bit I'll defend Sean McVay pretty heavy and I will absolutely not change my tune based on one game or even one season honestly we could look at last year and be like that was a terrible year coaching wise everything we can injuries and everything about that year was terrible but it's not going to change make me change my tune on uh, Sean McVay but what I can what I can do without is the same old things in the post-game press conferences the I've got to do a better job of getting these guys in position to make play you can only say that so many times before it's like yeah well do it then do it dude like this team is talented in the first two weeks out of the first two weeks we we saw that we saw how talented this team is and can be and we embraced this team we were we're sitting here saying oh my gosh are the Rams a playoff team all of a sudden and now one game happens against an AFC opponent and everybody's out I just don't see it. I don't understand how people are throwing in the towel already. And I do realize that, you know, Bengals fans were also perplexed by some of the decisions that Sean McVay made. Uh, I've seen this around uh, social media and stuff. Uh, But I also, I I, I don't think that a primetime game, he is clearly like, I I just don't think that in that that setting, a game against an AFC team that, was struggling. 0-2 coming in. They are clearly talented. They are a team that's talked about for the Super Bowl. And, of course, like I said, we had a bad game plan. It just did not seem right. But at the same time, man, I, I, I feel like that setting is not acceptable to judge your entire season on. It is not tank time. It's not Caleb Williams season. It's not time to fire John McVay and get a new coach. We knew that going into this season that we'd see some growing pains. We did not think that it would be from the coaching staff. But clearly, confidence in his guys was something that McVay did lack this week. There is no reason for Kyron Williams to only get 10 carries in a game against a team who has struggled to stop the run. The Rams have yet another winnable game this week, and I'm most curious to see not how like the players respond to this, but how the coaching staff responds to this game. The game plan that we go into this, I think, is going to be critical. So, obviously, the game preview we'll get into here soon, but I'm here to tell you to step back from that ledge, my friend. All right, just take a step back, okay? Because there's still a lot of season left. And to go, like, 
and most media and fans right now, they had this team at 0-3. So I think that we're already doing better than most people thought. And there's still so much season left. So much season left. We'll get into the game preview here soon, uh, shortly here. But uh, first, the rest of the West. We'll talk about the standings here. So right now, your uh, your Los Angeles Rams are sitting in third place at 1-2. and two. They did lose, of course, to the Cincinnati Bengals next week. Uh, this week, we'll take on the Indianapolis Colts. Fourth place, who the Rams are ahead of right now, is the Arizona Cardinals. They did win against Dallas. Who thought? <laughs> and then uh, this week, they're on the road at the San Francisco 49ers, who do currently sit in first place. They are 3-0. and uh, They had that win over the Giants. And then, of course, um, taking on the Arizona Cardinals this week. And then uh, second place is your Seattle Seahawks. Not your Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks. 2-1 and one with a win over Carolina last week. And this week, they take on the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. So, uh, that was a weird order to do that. You know, I went 3-4-1-2. But, hey, who's going to stop me? No one else is here. I'm alone here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, before we move on here, uh, just want to give uh, my disclaimer here that uh, Ram Showcase does have t-shirts. So, go to ramshowcase.com under that merch tab. You can snag them right there. Also, if you have any interest in, um, if you have a company or something like that, maybe it's Rams related, preferably Rams related, or at least football sports related, uh, and you would like to uh, advertise with Ram Showcase, hit me on up, ramshowcase at gmail.com, and we can have that conversation. Get it rolling. All right, we got the Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts game preview coming up, um, coming up next. Keep it locked in right here at Ram Showcase. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Los Angeles Rams on the road once again this week as they head to the Indianapolis Colts. The Rams sitting at 1-2, and two, the Colts at 2-1. And, one. and uh, will it, are, they are expected to have their rookie quarterback uh, back, Anthony Richardson. Uh, he should be on the field. We'll see kind of how it all shakes out, but that is the anticipation right now. This game kicks off at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific time zone. This will be televised on Fox. We do get Kenny Albert, Jonathan Vilma, in the booth and uh, Shannon Spake on the sideline. Here's your distribution map. Uh, the Rams are uh, sitting in, I believe it's the green area for this game. Uh, so if you are in that area, of course, you'll be uh, checking out the LA Rams 
taking on the Colts this week. That is the green area indeed. And uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is where the action happens, of course. And uh, if you are a better, the Rams sitting right now at plus one and a half. Money line plus 102. And uh, the over-under at 46 and a half. So line very, very close. Vegas doesn't really know what to think. Uh, they're given, uh, seems like they're kind of giving the, the Colts the nod here with uh, just being the, the home team right now. So also some fun facts for you. The Rams are the third youngest team in the NFL and have 15 rookies on the roster. The Colts, fourth youngest team in the NFL and have eight rookies on the roster. So for the Rams in this game, uh, coming into week four, we have a fan base of mixed emotions. Uh, most of those emotions, pretty negative right now. Uh, after that uh, Bengals game on Monday Night Football, Rams fans not feeling super hot right now, but uh, some fans are still feeling pretty good. And see, week three is a bit of a speed bump. Considering the first two weeks, we were feeling great, leaving those uh, two division games. Uh, but of course, uh, like I said, some fans see week three as the true 2023 uh, Los Angeles Rams, with weeks one and two being different simply because they were division games. Those are teams that we know pretty well. Of course, uh, McVay versus Pete Carroll seems to have a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of success in that realm. Uh, but then, of course, against uh, Shanahan and the 49ers, Rams have struggled, but looked pretty good in that game. Got to be honest here. Uh, week two, Rams did look good. Uh, but is it because it's division game? So obviously we get another out of division, out of conference game this week. So another gauge to see exactly how we're uh, how we're feeling about it um, this week. This tells us what uh, which camp is more accurate right now. So although it's uh, let's not lose sight, though, that it's still early season. We're going into week four. So there's still so much action to uh, to happen uh, as the season goes on, of course. But it's only week four. This is still to the point where we're not even playing how the Rams are going to be. Uh, we don't even know the true Rams team yet. You got to you got to think that it takes like to week five, six, seven until you really are who you are. Um, but of course, the difference uh, after this game is coming home either two and two or one and three to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. And for some reason, it's one game difference. It's one win or one loss. But those differences feel massive. Two and two or one and three. One and three feels like you're climbing out of a hole. Two and two feels like you can kind of take a breath and be like, okay, <laughs> we okay, we're 500 right now. Let's kind of get it together and let's keep this rolling. But uh, that's obviously just a massive difference and you get the Philadelphia Eagles. So would you rather go into that game at two and two or one and three? I think that's an easy question, uh, but it's something that, that we are looking at here. Those are the two options that we have right now. And if we come back to play the Philadelphia Eagles at one and three, a lot of confidence going to be absolutely shot. It's already pretty low right now, uh, but that will, I think just absolutely kill it. So on one hand, the Rams could be viewed as a young, talented team. That uh, has some mistakes here and there, um, but it has cost them some games, but ultimately they're very talented. On the other hand, a one and three start would make the media and the fans feel like this, this season's probably slipping away and uh, probably looking towards the offseason and seeing what, kind of, what guys need to stick around, what guys that uh, maybe we need to move on from, all that stuff. And I know, I, I, I say this stuff not necessarily believing it, because even at one and three, I don't feel like you're just done and then it's over. It's time to start looking at the offseason because that's still a lot of football games to get played. And, uh, well, I got game previews to do every single week. So I'm just going to keep on doing those. And uh, we'll talk about the offseason when we get there. You know what I mean? Uh, no matter how the season goes, whether the Rams are kicking just all the butt cheeks or are getting absolutely wrecked. Either way, I got game previews to do. We can worry about the, <laughs> the offseason in the offseason. Um, but either way. Uh, so, of course, uh, getting, um, getting these guys like, we're in a situation right now where, where we have so many young guys 
And we don't know who yet in certain areas is going to stick out. Like, we don't even know who Zach Evans is yet. Is he a guy that we need to get out on this field? I know I, I kind of go back to the whole, like, if the coaches aren't itching for guys to get on the field, there's no reason for the fans to because they're in the meeting rooms, they're in the practices with them. We're not. We're just watching stuff at home, following on Twitter and or X or whatever. And uh, we're just kind of watching it unfold that way. But it, we're getting to the point where it's like, well, let's see. Let's let's see, you know, even with that mindset, it's like, well, but we don't know that. Show us then, like show us what Zach Evans can do, because maybe it's awesome. Maybe it's not, but maybe it's awesome. The response from last week, um, I I think it's it's worth watching how the Rams do go from that Bengals game into this game here. I I think it's going to be important to see just the vibe of them and see from the team's perspective, the coaching uh, staff, as well as the players how they feel about this season now is sitting at one and two outscoring your opponents 69 to 62, but sitting at one and two, uh, I, I think that uh, how the team plays is going to be very telling to us and how the, like the coaching staff and just the energy of this team, I think is going to tell us a lot as far as fans go of like, whether we should start to <laughs> start to kind of, you know, see like, okay, well, what are we going to do this off season? Or if it's like, is this a playoff team? This is one of those games that we kind of get to see how they respond to that adversity, which obviously is a pretty good thing. So um, either way, wh- whether this team wins or loses, we should get a, a, a gauge on at least the vibe inside of the building. And uh, on the Colts side, the Colts are coming off a really good win against the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens with quarterback Gardner Minshew, even though dude stepped out of the back of the end zone. He Orlovsky did. And they still came away with the win. So that's uh, obviously good for them. Uh, but confidence, not in short supply uh, in Indy, and of course, for good reason. Shane Steichen, he does feel like he's the right coach to get the Colts headed in the right direction. And uh, they finally stopped uh, going for the veteran at the end of their career quarterback. And now, of course, have uh, have Richardson, who is raw, but very, very talented. So he can create a lot of excitement, uh, whether that is on the ground with his legs or, I mean, he's got a, he's got a good arm too, man. The kid's a good player. He's just really raw, so... Uh, that obviously presents a, a different level of of, uh, of of struggle when you're trying to get a game plan for this guy because you don't really know what he wants to do, what his tendencies are going to develop into as he is still learning the NFL game, of course. So uh, these two teams meeting in early season, uh, obviously there's still so many questions on both of these teams right now, but how their seasons could end uh, could give this game a little bit of intrigue here. So both teams don't know how they're going to do. Like both teams are looking at like, are we going to be picking top 10 or are we going to the playoffs? Both teams are still trying to figure that out right now. So obviously time will tell if uh, either of these teams are in a position to make a playoff push, but this is one of those games. This is one of those like early stacking dubs games that uh, if you want to show that you're a playoff team and feel like you're a playoff team, these are the games you need to win. And I say that for both sides because the Colts coming into this game, they're looking at the one and two Rams going like, all right, well, if we want to be a playoff team, this is a team we need to beat. And they're favored like the Rams on the other side of that. They're like, well, this is a young team, brand new coach. We need to go in here and win, especially because now we're sitting at one and two. So both teams probably have that same uh, energy going into this game. Um, but it feels like this, this game, uh, they should, I mean, both teams probably feel like they should win this game is kind of what I'm getting at here. And, uh, maybe a slow start uh, for either of these teams could kind of derail that, especially considering the youth. Like I, I, I'd said that uh, Rams third youngest team, Colts fourth youngest team. 
getting off to a rough start could just completely mentally derail your your entire football team. Let's take a look at the matchup in this one. We'll start with the Rams offense versus the Colts defense. The Rams are a top 10 offense still, uh, ranking 8th in total yards. Going against the Colts defense, which is 25th in total yards. Passing the football, Rams are top 5 unit, 284 a game. Going against the 23rd ranked pass defense of the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, on the ground, Rams, uh, I, I want to say uh, not getting it done here, but also not giving a lot of opportunities here. 26th in the NFL going against the 16th ranked run defense in the Colts. And the points being put up, the Rams uh, putting up 23 and Colts just a little over that. So uh, if the Rams were to score 23 points in this game, uh, well, that would at least stand true to the averages. Uh, the Rams offense, quick to avoid the run in week three. Don't know, really know why. Um, who put out, somebody put out the stat, and I don't have it in front of me, um, of like Sean McVay's record based on rushing attempts in in a game and it was jarring and anything like under 16 i think he was winless so it's like hey hey sean <laughs> run the football dude like it's you got to have some good balance here but obviously a big key in this game is is going to be getting the ground game rolling and to stick with it to stick with the ground game because we have good running backs we have good players we have a good offensive line this year so let's do that and let's not outthink ourselves all right just because they they think that we're going to run doesn't mean that we should avoid it because they think it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, just just attack it. It's fine. Colts defense, uh, they are sitting near the bottom in pass defense, so this could be one of those games where Sean McVay is tempted to uh, attack that pass, uh, especially for the Rams offense, who is getting it done in the air, which is good. And uh, Rams injuries along the offensive line really dampened the production last week, so health and helping your backups uh, will be massive in this game as well if we do see that. So. We do expect that uh, A.J. Jackson and uh, Noteboom will be back in this game. I haven't heard anything that would that would tell me otherwise. Uh, they wouldn't have practiced on Wednesday uh, if it was a full practice, but it, uh, it was not uh, because of the short week, Monday Night Football. So we'll kind of see how the, how the week shakes out as far as who's going to be playing and who's not. But if A.J. Jackson's not playing, can we please help out the left tackle? Because holy moly. Your three to see in this uh, setting here, Rams offense versus the Colts defense. Uh, we'll start with Puka Nakua. It is wild to think that we already feel like a five catch game from Puka is like a light day. That that's like, a, like, oh man, Puka was off, huh? Only five catches today. <laughs> that's kind of uh, weird how that already happened. Three games into his uh, entire NFL career. There's a huge gap uh, in the game where it felt like the Bengals defense was just too quick into Stafford's face, though, for him to find these guys, Puka, Tutu, Van. Tyler, all of them, uh, just kind of felt like that pressure was getting in there. But uh, Puka could and should get closer to that double-digit range this week. This also could be the last game that we see without Cooper Cup. So some more progression from the young guy uh, should bring some optimism for this fan base. Uh, all indications say that Cooper Cup will be back for Week 5 against the Indianapolis Colts when the Rams do return home for a three-game home stretch. Uh, but, of course, we'll kind of see how that shakes out. If the Rams do win this game, I think that that would gear us towards maybe kind of keeping him at least a little light to start. Uh, but it does, it sounds like he's in the in the right, you know, position to uh, get rolling by week five. And uh, next up here, we'll go with Kyron Williams. Only 10 carries last week. Um, there was never really an opportunity for the ground game to get rolling. And while something like this is stuff that we've seen from Sean McVay before, there is good reason to send uh, plenty of plenty of blame to the week three game plan. Um, so McVeigh he tends to correct after that 
we tend to see that out of Sean McVay that after he has a game like this, that he kind of like resets a little bit and goes in for it. And then uh, we kind of see that corrected as far as the, the game planning goes. So we should see the run game be a little bit more of a focus this week, which obviously we would hope so based on last week, 10 carries for your RB1. That just can't happen. Like I, I, I will defend Sean McVay forever, but, but that, that kind of stuff just can't happen. It's just not winning football. And then uh, my last of the three to see here, uh, Rams offense, Colts defense, is going to be Tyler Higby. After a game in primetime that felt like the offense just had little to no rhythm, a veteran leader like Higby is in a position to have a good day. And uh, Higby, he's, you know, he's the receiving leader on the field while Cup is still sidelined. And we just haven't had that game yet where Higby feels like he's that safety blanket for Matthew Stafford. So I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. Higby or Jefferson should take that leader role um, going into week four. But Higby does feel like he might be in a little bit better position to take on that leadership role entering this game than Van Jefferson. I don't know what's going on necessarily with Van Jefferson. I don't I don't exactly think that he just like sucks now or anything. Uh, I like Van Jefferson. I just don't think he's really being involved in the game plans right now. Um, so I think that that's kind of, it has to be considered obviously. But uh, I think that if we're looking at this game right now, this team going into week four at this point in time, I think that Higby's just in a better position to kind of be that guy in that grouping and just be like, no, we're, we go out and do this man. Cause he's been around a long time. Obviously he was part of that 2016 draft class. Uh, as soon as the Rams moved back, um, uh, he was in that uh, first class there. Let's flip it over to the other side here. We got the Colts offense going against the Rams defense. So the Colts offense uh, sitting at 20th in the NFL, 335 a game, uh, definitely not a bad outing, but uh, 20th, Obviously, they're sitting closer to the bottom than they are the top. The Rams defense, a top 10 unit, sitting at 7th in the NFL in uh, total yards, giving up passing the football. Uh, Colts, middle of the road, 210 a game. Uh, the Rams are 7th against the pass, 181, uh, giving up in the air on average. And uh, on the ground attack, Colts doing solid, uh, considering uh, no Jonathan Taylor here, but the Rams 13th against the run. That does seem to be a little bit of a trend under uh, Raheem Morris that the pass game, uh, the pass defense is a little bit stronger than the run defense. And points being put up, uh, the Colts are putting up almost 25 a game. That is 10th in the NFL. And uh, the Rams giving up a little under 21 a game, which is tied for 13th in the league. So obviously uh, we kind of talked about the averages with uh, the Rams offense versus the Colts defense. 23 points feels so real there. And if we go off of averages here, that's also about 23 points. So all indications say that this is going to be a very tight game, very snug game, and the line being at just plus one and a half for the Rams. I don't know if I'm if I'm really like itching to put some dollar bills on this right now. So it's just too snug for me right now. Uh, we'll kind of see how I feel as the week goes on. But either way, uh, so the Rams defense still a top unit. They're playing really, really well right now. Even with the emergence of that Bengals offense, uh, only gave up 19 points. Like. Jamar Chase went off like they they the 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 Bengals offense is being like their conversation this week in the media 19 points that's still pretty solid here so uh, Bengals they're moving the ball they were converting on third but the Rams they just were giving up the field goals not giving up uh not giving up the touchdowns but this week of course I mean you can't just rely on on Matt Gay missing field goals we know how automatic that dude is you know what I mean so uh, obviously if we're gonna be giving up field goals again. Uh, we feel good at least that uh, Matt Gay is going to be booting them in, uh, which is unfortunate. But as long as we can hold to like one or no touchdowns, obviously, uh, then I do feel good about this game. But 
obviously there's so many moving pieces of it. Uh, Colts may get rookie uh, Anthony Richardson back, but if not, Gardner Minshew will get the start. So we could see some Minshew mania if uh, Richardson's still not feeling good. But he, from what I've seen, uh, it does feel like he he will be back in this game. And the Rams were able to get their first turnover this year. Uh, let's see if that kind of starts a wave. Uh, so uh, obviously, Akello Witherspoon, what a pick, by the way. Holy moly, that was such a sick play. Just kind of stole it from him. Like we were kind of like with the we were watching the game, and the way that he kind of just like grabbed it and fell down. I I didn't even like really catch it at first, and then like nobody caught it, and then I was like pick, and then no like ever no one else reacted yet, and then it was like oh wait a second. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. That was a great play by Akello. Holy moly, what a play by Akello. That was not that shouldn't have been a pick. I know that much, but he made it one. So hopefully that is something that kind of kicks off. Um, the the wave of turnovers. We know that uh, turnovers are one of those. They're one of those stats that kind of tends to come in waves. They kind of come in floods. Like you'll get totally, you'll be in a drought and then not get anything, and then all of a sudden one ball bounces this way, and then you just kind of start. You get a few in a, in a row. So hopefully that is something that we see in this one. Let's take a peek at the three to see Rams defense versus the Colts offense. We're gonna start with Byron Young. He was uh, mic'd up last week. I have not yet watched that mic'd up, actually. Maybe I should do that tonight because um, uh, this dude's awesome, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. And I think this mic'd up will only help me <laughs> as far as, like, my my BY fandom because that guy's uh, absolutely awesome. But Young does uh, lead all rookie edge rushers in sacks, quarterback hits, as well as pressures. And uh, he has taken advantage of his opportunities, which is really good to see. He's got... The motor that should give fans optimism that this isn't just some sort of short-term flash. Um, so as long as that effort level continues, that he's getting after it like that, uh, then he should just continue to get better. So he's had a few situations where he's needed some uh, help to get a guy to the ground. Um, but, I mean, the way that he attacks plays, it, it definitely jumps off the screen. There's just a few times where it's like, dude, just finish the play. <laughs> get, get him down. What are you doing? Um, but uh, either way, I'm Byron Young. Obviously, he's played three NFL games. so. He's heading in the right direction for sure. Seems like the Rams have a guy who's going to be able to get after quarterbacks for years to come, which is really good. And then uh, next up, we'll go with Kobe Durant. Uh, Durant is all over the place in the defense right now. That's obviously awesome to watch. Uh, he is appearing in the slot a lot with Witherspoon and Kendrick sitting on the outside. And there's um, there's a reason we aren't really hearing his name a lot. Um, he does It feels like he gives up a catch a game and it's like, oh man, he really shouldn't have done it. Like, that was not a good one, man. But everything else, I mean, I, it's... If you watch the All-22s like I do after the games, then then you know that this guy's doing a really good job just taking his guy out of the play, which is uh, obviously good. So uh, teams are going to start to test him. Uh, that's going to happen um, because uh, I, eventually you're going to hit a game plan where uh, a team wants to go to the guy that he's covering, and so they're going to force it. And so hopefully that can translate into some turnovers as well. And last year on my 3 to C, uh, we're going to go with Christian Roseboom, who I am now calling Boom. Hell yeah. No boom and Rose boom can both be boom. Okay. So, uh, but boom, he, he seems to be, uh, at the end of just about every single play. If you're watching the games, like I am, you see that, that hair just like it's flying around. It's at the end of every play, which is incredible. I absolutely love it. So his motor, it's exactly what we need from, uh, we, what we need and what we want from a guy who was on special teams and now is a starter. That's exactly the process that you want to see. And you want to see that, that, that uh, that chase, that that hunger continue, which it does look like uh, Rose Boom does have in just three games. He appears to be getting every. He appears to be getting better 
every single week. And I'm looking for that progress to continue this week, of course. The Steichen offense can definitely be difficult to get off of the field. But with guys like Roseboom flying around next to Ernest Jones, uh, this could be a good week for the Rams defense. So I'm pumped about it, of course. History of this matchup, uh, the Colts do lead the all-time series, 23-21-2. and two. Uh, Rams do lead all-time in points, though, with 1,093-996. to 996. The most recent game between these two teams uh, came on uh, September 19th of 2021. The Rams did win that game 27-24. First ever game between these two came uh, against the Baltimore Colts October 22nd of 1950. That was a 70-27 to 27 win for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams won the first four against the Colts, outscoring them 184 to 42. And uh, that game, the game three of like of all time, was a 45 to two win. And then game four was a 48 to zero win. Uh, so Rams, no strangers, uh, beating up on some Colts, which is really cool stuff. And then uh, the most recent three, the Rams have won all of those, outscoring the Colts 111 to 41. Some connections in this game. Uh, so former Rams uh, that are on the Colts now, we do have uh, Samson Abukam. You might remember him from scoring two touchdowns against the Chiefs in uh, what they are calling the greatest regular season game of all time. Uh, he was with the Rams from 2017 to 2020. Rams uh, former running back Jake Funk, Funky Town, the Funk Train. Uh, he is, of course, with uh, the Colts right now. He was with the Rams for two years, 21 and 22 Kicker Matt Gay, he is with uh, the Colts right now. He was with the Rams 2020 to 2022. And uh, defensive backs coach uh, Ron Miles, 06 to 08 for the Rams. So uh, St. Louis days. And former Colts who are on the Rams right now, uh, just one. Tight end Nikola Kalinick. Uh, he was just with the Colts last year. So short-termer over there, but uh, now he's uh, helping the Rams out. Cool stuff. And former teammates, uh, so we do have Rams offensive lineman Tremaine Ankrum cornerback Darian Kendrick and tight end Davis Allen they all played together at Clemson with wide receiver Amari Rogers of the Colts and uh, Cooper Cup played at Eastern Washington with Samson Abukam that's something that we've talked about before but we don't play the Colts very often so uh, Samson uh, there it, uh, it was a uh, 13 to 16 so good chunk of years there and then uh, Kobe Durant he did play with uh, Shaq Leonard Shaquille Leonard at uh, South Carolina State as well so teammates there and then of course Sean McVay and Joe Caniglio, uh, they were at Miami of Ohio with uh, running back coach DeAndre Smith. So the connections go deep. There's a lot of other connections here, but uh, and I lighten these a lot because there's so many and they get very in the weeds of of like, well, this like backup coordinator or whatever. Like, yeah, they get pretty in depth, but these are the ones I think that you need to know. And uh, moving on to the milestones here. so. Quarterback Matthew Stafford, he does need 4,032 yards to get into 10th all-time in league history in passing yards. He would pass Eli Manning. He needs 1,358 passing yards to pass Matt Ryan for second most in four, in your first 200 games. I think I was saying the stat wrong originally uh, at the beginning of the season uh, because Drew Brees is in first, not Matt Ryan. I think that I was, I was kind of like, cutting off the top of that list <laughs> but uh matthew stafford he did pass peyton manning now in third shooting for second place uh, but of course it's not unlimited here uh we we have its first 200 games which i think comes up in week nine for stafford if i'm not mistaken uh, he needs 31 touchdown passes to get into 10th all time in that realm as well 
And uh, he also uh, currently ranks second in passing yards per game with a minimum 100 games with 273 uh, on average. And that is only behind Drew Brees, 280 a game. So Matthew Stafford, I don't know if you know this, pretty good. And he also, uh, last week, he did reach the seventh most touchdown passes in franchise history with that fourth quarter touchdown pass to wide receiver Tutu Atwell. So seventh most touchdown passes in franchise history for uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford. Tyler Higby, he does need 51 receptions to pass Robert Woods for eighth all-time in franchise history and uh, two touchdowns to pass Preston Denard. Uh, to get into top 10 in touchdown receptions in franchise history. Again, he does lead that stat as far as tight ends go, but could reach the top 10 in overall players uh, with two more touchdowns. Aaron Donald needs three tackles to pass Alec Ogletree for second most in franchise history, so we feel like that should happen this week in Indianapolis. Three tackles for Aaron Donald to become second most in that category uh, or only behind James Laurinaitis, who's one of the better linebackers this team's ever seen, which is awesome. And then uh, last week as well, he did reach ninth in league history in uh, sack yards, which is awesome. He's top 10 already in sack yards. That's really cool. And who knows how many years he's going to play. Could be This could be it. We could see another five or six out of him. So who knows? And Joe Burrow does become the 51st quarterback that Aaron Donald has sacked. And also last week, uh, Aaron Donald reached reached ninth most in franchise history in game starts with 137, which is obviously really cool as well. Another one that we are looking for here is going to be safety John Johnson. The reason I didn't name this one uh, early in the, the season or like going into week one and two, first of all, in week one, he didn't play. He was active, but he didn't play. Uh, and then uh, going into week two, I just didn't know what the heck he was going to be doing out here. So, of course... Um, John Johnson, uh, now he's officially added to the list as he needs 11 tackles to pass a Leonard Little uh, on the Rams uh, franchise all-time list. So passing Leonard Little, that's a that's a pretty big one. And I think obviously uh, not everybody kind of puts it together that uh, John Johnson was here <laughs> for a while. So uh, he was here for a bit. Now getting back to it, needs 11 tackles to pass Leonard Little. Um, so uh, we do have a couple minutes here uh, as far as um, the, the game preview aspect goes or the, the game preview portion here goes. So this is not something that I normally do, but I'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up with my own predictions here. I don't really like to give my own predictions uh, simply because what the heck does that do for anybody? And what, uh, well, like, what do I get out of that? At the end of that, I'm either right or I'm wrong. And either I get to say, I told you so, or like, yeah, I was wrong, <laughs> which I, either way is fine with me. Uh, but I will say that uh, going into this game, I do feel pretty good about the Rams' uh, ability to respond from that Monday night game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Indianapolis Colts, they're a young team too, brand new coach. They're going to see some growing pains themselves, and hopefully that happens this week. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push this one pretty tight. I think it's going to be a 23-20 to 20 win for the L.A. Rams in Indianapolis, coming back home against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles with a 2-2 two two record. We get three home games after this, which also we could see um, uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup back as well. So if Cooper Cup comes back and uh, Note Boom and Jackson on the on the line are looking good, then the fact that this team is healthy right now, let's knock on the wood here, but uh, the fact that this team's healthy right now going into week four and, and potentially week five, we'll see how the weeks go, of course, but Hey, we're looking pretty solid right now, and I'm, I'll absolutely take this. 
And before we move on to uh, the fan quesos here, uh, Ram Showcase t-shirts. They look like this. Well, some of them look like this. They're super awesome. Uh, we did have winners for the giveaway, uh, Payo Time, and also Annette uh, scoring themselves Ram Showcase t-shirts. So we'll have more giveaways uh, as the season continues. Uh, but right now, those are your uh, two winners right now. So, uh, yeah, check them out. And also, if you uh, don't want to leave it up to chance, ramshowcase.com under that merch tab, you can uh, snag your Ram Showcase t-shirts right there. And they are awesome. Working on getting some other stuff up there, too. So uh, keep your eyeballs on it. And uh, just, um, yeah, support that Ram Showcase merch. And uh, for those of you uh, on the game preview video version, uh, be sure to check out the Ram Showcase full podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's at Apple, it's iHeart, it's Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the Ram Showcase podcast. Um, so if you would like the the the, the before parts before the game preview, and of course the fan quesos, that's where you'll find it. If you are on the audio version, well, fan quesos coming up uh, right after this break. All right, let's dive into our fan quesos. And for those of you who don't know, because this has been a segment that uh, has kind of disappeared uh, for a little while here, uh, fan quesos actually is, um, it, it's it's based off of, uh, well, uh, the word question <laughs> starts with some of those letters, but also uh, mainly here, it's uh, one of the old uh, listeners of Ram Showcase, uh, was a super hardcore fan, one of my very first like loyal hardcore listeners. Uh, well, he uh, would ask me every single week. He would be like, what's uh, this player's favorite cheese? And then I would just come up with some clever answer about that, um, whether that was, you know, uh, it, he would ask me like Jared Goff and he's like, he's Swiss cheese because he's always finding the holes in the defense, like stuff like that. Or he asked me Aaron Donald, it was just a brick of cheese because you know, that's, that's what he is. Um, some other player who I didn't like, uh, he was like the smelly cheese. I don't know what, what it was called anymore, but uh, that's that's the origin story of... Um, uh, of the, the the name fan quesos uh kyle um uh, unfortunately do we did lose kyle um uh so i i kind of keep that going uh in in memory of him uh just uh one of my hardcore fans like i said so uh keep that alive uh, for him for sure so diving into our fan quesos here first one's going to come from gary uh might they bring in another veteran back to roll with williams and freeman so uh, i i Actually, I'm surprised that you, those are the names that you chose here, uh, Gary, because uh, Williams and Freeman, that's not the combo right now. Right now, it's uh, Williams and Rivers. So I don't know if I would say right now that the Rams are in a position to bring in a veteran back, uh, mainly because we don't know if Kyron in this, this grouping cannot handle it. Obviously, there's some confidence issues, it seems like, out of Sean McVay and uh, letting them uh, kind of take the reins there and uh, and ground like pound it out on the ground um, but I think that we need to see that first so uh, I've seen a lot of people talk about Fournette and honestly I I'm not against that at all I think that that would be very exciting to bring in a guy like Fournette and he's got obviously I mean the dude is a good running back uh, he's got good experience uh, so I mean I wouldn't be opposed to that at all but I also am really excited for Guys like uh, Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers and Zach Evans, who we still have not seen. Royce Freeman I like as well. So I don't think I'm itching to get another guy in, um, whether the coaching staff is or not. Uh, that obviously is not something that I can answer. But at this time, I would say that if that is a process that the Rams do choose to take or a path that they choose to take, then I would think that that would take, um, it would be a couple of weeks out, if that makes sense. Next few here are going to come from Cody. Uh, thoughts on facing one Anthony Richardson versus our defense, specifically coming off uh, limited playing time so far. 
that is definitely tough. Uh, limited tape on uh, Richardson and his tendencies and what he likes to do. So really what we're looking for here in this game, uh, going against Anthony Richardson with our defense specifically, is just doing your job. Just just be where you're supposed to be and uh, be aggressive with it, man. Like, like Darian Kendrick is a, such an aggressive player. I know that some people don't like him. Um, some, some people kind of complain about the penalties and stuff like that, but... Uh, the way that he's flying around out there and making plays, I like it. And it's just a matter of time before those, like, I mean, and I will say this, like for every penalty that Darian Kendrick gets, I think that he's like locking somebody down like 15 times. So yeah, go ahead and get a, get a penalty here and there, man. It's when you're playing corner, that's got, that's such a hard position to play. What was it? Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey talked about that, about like cornerback and how hard it is. And I agree. That's why I'm a big fan of corners and secondary players. In general, that's always just been the case with myself, but and wide receivers. I really like wide receivers, but um, uh, they were talking about that, and they were like, they were like, cornerback is such a hard position because like you you have to just read and react, and you're you're following these guys who are crazy athletic, and you need to stay on their hip. You cannot let them get any kind of space because you give them one or two yards, and that's wide open in the NFL. And uh, one of them made the comment. He was like, he was like, the cornerback is so hard. That they don't even let white guys do it anymore, <laughs> which is so funny. But, uh, and I mean, that's, is a good point. All right. <laughs> There's no more Jason Seahorns out here, right? You know, so uh, it's hilarious. But either way, I think a cornerback, I, I just have a lot of respect for that. So either way, I kind of point all that to go back to Darian Kendrick is like, he's, you're going to need, you need that attitude. You, it's, it's good for a corner to have an attitude with him. And if that comes with a couple of penalties here and there, so be it. I mean, Trey Tomlinson hasn't really gotten out there uh, except for like on special teams stuff like that. And I don't know if it's because he tried to kill somebody at the Denver game, but I mean, that's it. It happens. Like he got his face mask grabbed first, by the way. I think I talked about that before, but like he got his face mask first and he was just grabbing for anything. So yeah, that kind of stuff. But I think that this defense just do your job, be aggressive, get in their face, get in the face of Anthony Richardson. He's young. You think that this guy's ever had somebody like Aaron Donald screaming at him? No. So get in there, man. Like, so that's, that kind of gives me some confidence here that uh, the Rams will be able to kind of cook something up for him. Raheem in that defense, I, I'm hoping that we get some, uh, some scheme that kind of just shakes him up a little bit. And uh, next one here from Cody, is this our bounce back game? Because without many mistakes that I, uh, that just need clean, cleaning up from last game on offense, is there a chance that it clicks and we have less drop balls and see this offense take over a game like this? That is absolutely possible, Cody. Uh, I I kind of feel like this is a good bounce back game for the Rams. Coming off of two losses um, after that week one win where we like we left week one being like, oh my gosh, are the Rams the best team in the league right now? And of course, uh, that was an overreaction. But I think that really the overreaction, Cody, is to this Bengals game. I think this is the biggest overreaction that we've seen from Rams fans so far this year. I think leaving this game and Rams fans being like, well, I guess it's over and we suck again. I, I just, I'm not with that. I think that that's the overreaction. The Rams, you know, winning against the Seahawks. Um, I, I don't think that I really overreacted. It was kind of like, yeah, this is good. This is, this is what we were supposed to do. This is what I felt like the Rams could do. And then of course uh, you got the game against the Niners, which obviously was, was a similar exit to that game, even though. I, we keep saying it's a, it was a seven-point game. It was really it was a ten-point game. All right, let's let's just be honest with ourselves right now. It was really a ten-point game. Um, but either way, we still felt like we still left that game feeling pretty good about it. So 
Um, I, I don't know. I think that this is the, the we are overreacting to this one. And if the Rams can come out and say they win by 13 points against the Colts, I think that everybody is going to be like, oh, okay, uh, just a bad day. And, and that happens. We've seen it happen before. I've talked about that on multiple occasions that we all have bad days, right? I'm a radio DJ. Sometimes I go in and I feel awkward. I feel like I can't really, like I'm stumbling over stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I just can't seem to get it out right. And it's just like, I, I, I turn the mic off after every break and I'm like, oh God, that was terrible. What am I doing over here? Like, how do they let me do this? And then there's also times where I just feel like I am on fire. I am nailing it. I'm hitting the post. I'm like, I'm, I'm witty. I'm funny. Like all this stuff. And it, and I think that this, the same thing happens in every job. And I'm sure it's the same for you, Cody, that like, or anybody who's listening is like, it, it, you have good days at work or school or whatever. And then you have the bad days, right? So I feel like that that Bengals game was one of those days where like McVay was just not in the right headspace. And I don't know, there's something about him going against his former coaches that he definitely struggles with. And I think that like, I, I think that we can throw in Shanahan into that. Of course, he was not like a, a coordinator with the Rams or anything, but uh, we, like we've like we lost to Staley last year. Um, obviously, um, oh man, why do I keep forgetting Vikings guy's name? I can picture his face. O'Connell. Jeez. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. Like, I feel like we kind of struggled against him. Um, and then of course, Zach Taylor, we definitely struggled against him. We lost. So, uh, and then McVay and Shanahan, they just know each other really well. So I don't know if it's like, once you're in the building and you know, Sean McVay, then you just like, kind of be like, okay, we just need to do this. <laughs> We're just going to shut him down. If we do this, it's one thing, just do this thing, you know? Um, I don't know if that's the case, but uh, going against Shane Steichen, who is not on that tree, it's 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 a different different ball game. I I think that this is kind of that bounce back situation here. Uh, Cody, P.S. I'll be at the. Oh, you're gonna be there, dude. That's so sick. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. I'm excited for you, man. That's um that's gonna be a fun time. I, I going to games is fun, and I realize that not everybody likes to go to games, and that some people like the TV experience is just better. I mean, yeah, you get like commentary stuff like that, but like being there is so sick. Even if it's something simple, like, like saying something like along the lines of like, oh, I was there. Like you see something awesome happen. You're like, oh, I was there. Yeah, I saw that. Like I was in person. Like that's just super cool, man. So yeah, that's a, that's an awesome time. Definitely take photos, man. Uh, shoot them over to me and stuff like that. Uh, for sure, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, Felipe wants to know, uh, what can Sean McVay do, uh, do uh, to better off the, on the offensive line? That was a weird way you worded that. Or, and I'm also a bad reader. All right. <laughs> what can Sean McVay do to help the offensive line is what we're going to go with here. Um, so I, I would say really just like, you can't let a guy like Zach Thomas just be on his own over there. Like that's obviously not a good, that it's not a good situation for anybody. So, I mean, it, I'm still frustrated about it because it's like, it, it seems so obvious, right? It like, I'm sitting over here in Colorado drinking beers and yelling at a TV. And I, I feel like it's like so obvious to me. That's like, Oh, help him help that guy because he's not getting it done right now. Like we have our backup in and not even the left guard is trying to scoot over there at all to help him out. He's just one-on-one getting smoked over here. So that, that kind of stuff just can't happen. You just need to be smarter with it. I think overall. And it's weird for like me to be like, Hey, Sean McVay, He's smarter, dude. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's so absurd, but uh, I don't know. It's just, it seemed so clear and obvious to me. It's like, hey, run the football and help out Zach Thomas a bit. And we didn't do either of those things. And it felt like the Rams could have won if we did. So 
I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, but we all feel the same way. I, I've seen uh, Rams fans all over the place in many different forums, many different platforms, all that stuff of just like, this is the, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we run the football and help Zach Thomas out? And it's like, yeah, yeah, why? <laughs> and because normally I'd have the answer to that of like, oh, this is why. It's because of this, whatever. But that, I, I, I just, we just didn't have a question. Speaking of that, next question here coming from Paul says, uh, why doesn't McVay run the ball more? I wish I knew, Paul. I wish I had the answer to that question because then we would have some kind of clarity here. Now I just feel crazy. Like I just feel like I don't know what the heck is going on in there. It's like, was Kyron hurt? If he was, should we get somebody else? And like, what the heck's going on here, Sean? And I don't know, man. It's why doesn't McVay run the ball more? I really, really wish I had an answer for that. What I do think is that he just outthinks himself. I really do think that. I think that he's such a good coach that he can even outcoach himself in one game. Very impressive. Wildly impressive. So, I mean, obviously, we would like to see that change, but I do think that he does kind of like outthink himself a little bit. Like, he's probably in this game, there's probably a situation where he's like, well, they're a bad run defense and they're, they're desperate right now, so they're going to clog up the run. And they weren't, um, in fairness. So, I don't know. It's... I wish I had an answer for that. I really do. Um, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> the next question here, last question here, come from Payo Time. Uh, can you give five reasons Jordan Fuller should be president? Five reasons? No, I can't. I cannot give you five reasons Jordan Fuller should be president. I'll give you, I'll, I'll try here. I'll, I'll, I'll see how many I can go. Uh, one, I'm just going to go because he's a really good leader. He's a really good leader. He's like that calm, quiet leader not really when you see his videos and stuff like that, but that's like the kind of persona he puts off. Um, uh, he's awesome. Um, number four is really cool. That's all I got, man. Uh, yeah, I'm not giving you five reasons. <laughs> five reasons is so many, Peo. What are you doing over here? <laughs> what, did, what did you think I was going to say? Oh my God. Anyway, thank you for that, Peo. And uh, also... Uh, Support your Ram Showcase t-shirt and send photos because that's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up here. That's Fan Quesos here. We got the Indianapolis Colts this week. Should be a good one. Early game, uh, which sucks. I was going to put that out there. I hate the early games. Um, I work nights. And at an 11 o'clock kickoff time, that's what it is locally for me. That's basically 5 a.m. in my world. So I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be tired guy, but uh, hopefully the team's not. And uh, hopefully... We just uh, go up and beat up on some Indianapolis Colts. How does that sound, huh? Um, so, again, RamShowcase.com is where you can find all the action uh, as far as the Rams go, Ram Showcase, and myself. Uh, we'll do a better job of keeping it updated there. Uh, kind of got a little bit of a crazy week going on this last week, so wasn't able to get everything done. I wanted to get done, unfortunately, but that's kind of what you get when you do this thing alone, right? So, either way, um, that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Baggs. This has been Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio, the Fan Side of Network, and Broad Street South. For those of you who aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for listening, and go Rams!
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.